You are listening to the B2B Marketing Mindset with Pete Monfrey and Bill Lowell. We want to help demystify marketing to reduce risk, drive more and better opportunities and grow your business. Are you ready to master marketing? Today's topic I love, it's what idea do you own in the in the mind of the marketplace? Okay, what in the hell are we talking about here? I'm asking you. you oh, I, I didn't know. know. I, thought, I thought you were doing a rhetorical question where you were going to go out and, and answer that for you. For I'm like, I have no idea what the heck we're talking you about. Know, no, I, I think that this is, this is a really important topic. So what, what do you own? I mean, and, and that's really key, too, because it gets into, like, how are you different from the competition? You know, what, what sets you apart? And right. some what, companies, you know, go ahead. What's the idea? Like, how, you know, how do... How do so in the mind, so let me pick apart that, okay. that title. I have to go look at it. So uh-huh. what idea, so something, an idea that your company owns yeah. in the mind of the marketplace. So what it's saying is that the, these ideas are held inside human minds that make up a marketplace right. and that your company stands for some idea. Now, for most people watching this podcast, they're going to be a little bit confused. And you know why? because they don't have a clear position. If you had a clear position, you'd know exactly what we're talking about. Uh, what brand comes to, we're gonna use big company examples, but the ideas filter down to everything. So Bill, what brand comes to mind when we talk about cola drinks? Well, we, you know, I think Coca-Cola, comes Coca-Cola. obviously, Coca-Cola right. is, is it So sure. they're the, over time, you know, they, so first of all, they were first, right? But, but I, can I interrupt you for just two seconds? Yeah. I think it's in the mind of many, but I want you to finish your thought. But I do believe some of the younger generation might say Pepsi, but it just depends. I think it might be a generational uh-huh. thing, you know. Well, see, that's the the subtleties of positioning. If you look at it over time, well, first of all, you know, without backtracking too much, you know, so Pepsi or uh, Coca Cola, kind of is it owns the mind share and it owns the category of cola drink because there was a time that there wasn't Coke, if you can imagine. And, you know, in the early days, it always helps to put addictive substance in your product. So take some notes on that. Um, But there was really nothing before that. And it was very unique when it started. But then Pepsi, right, number two on the if you look at the category as a ladder, um, they came second. And over the years, they've switched places now and again. And Pepsi intentionally. So so this is so interesting. Coke's positioning statement is the real thing. What are they saying? What idea is it? We were the first. We're it. We're the cola, right? Pepsi's yeah. like, we're the new generation, right? 7-Up yeah. is like, we're the uncola, yeah. right? We're not that. So that's the that's a position, right? Fujifilm's green. Kodak is yellow. Fujifilm is usually used for landscapes, and they optimize for blue and greens. Why? Because Kodak, who owned the film market, was strong in uh, f- flesh tones because it started in movies and it was all about people and it was the warm colors, right? So Fujifilm, knowing positioning, right? Uh, yeah. Like, you know, how would you start a film company in the face of Kodak? Like, this shit matters, right? All the way down to their product packaging. What color is the packaging? What's Fuji's color? Green. Mm-hmm. What's Kodak's color? Orange. Yeah. Good Lord. Positioning, right? That's why it's at the center, I think. Uh, of success or failure in marketing is whether you understand this idea or not. Um, yeah. And so go ahead. You are, you have a point to make. I want to hear it. 
I, I know do. where you're going with that. <laughs> I, I was going to make a, a comment though. I don't know if you've ever saw if, if you've ever seen the uh, the show The Cola Wars. It was on the History Channel. That was actually fascinating, and it kind of told about how it all got started and how Pepsi came in and everything. So you know, it's if anybody's bored someday, I think that that's a great show to watch, and that will give you some more insight into. You know, I think some of the positioning and how they and how they well, did that. But in in fact, that's the example from the book, uh, the, sort of the seminal book by uh, Reese and Trout. Here I have on the slides here the cover of it. It's called uh, the Marketing Classic. Now I guess it says on this book, positioning the battle for your mind: how to be seen and heard in an overcrowded marketing place. So this there is kind go. of where these ideas come from. Reese and Trout, and you can look that up. I really highly recommend. It's a short book, um, but it, it, it's a groundbreaker. Um, uh, and the cola history is a, is just such a beautiful example. They use it in the book. So let's say that you've got Coke raging along. They're really they're getting huge. You know they've gotten the cocaine out. It's a mass market now. Pepsi's in there too. It's a big deal. And you want to start a soda company, okay? Would it not be suicide to start a cola company? Now, what if you didn't even know what kind of sodas were out there? Right. And you're just like, hey, I love this idea of this soda that's brown and bubbly. Yeah. And maybe we'll put some cola nut in it. You're going to die. Okay. But these guys, and they, they had, I wish I had looked up the name. Maybe somebody could look up the original. Could you look up the original name for 7-Up? What was their original name? So they got the name terribly wrong. But they got the idea right. They started a new category, the first of its kind, called lemon-lime drinks. Yeah. Right? And then their their statement was, we're the uncola. Okay, so say it again. I can't see that far. Bib label, Bib label lithionated lemon lime soda. Bib label lithionated lemon lime soda. That's a marketing dream. We could do a lot with that, couldn't we? <laughs> How's that going on a label? Exactly. Holy yeah. cow. What do you mean? Who could who could pronounce it? Who could tell your friends about that, right? Yeah, I want to tell you about this great soda, but forget yeah. about it. Drink Coke. Yeah. But yeah, they called it 7-Up. it's made in another country. It <laughs> must be. Um, but I love the, the positioning. The real thing, they start a new category. Okay, do the same. They use this example, too. Premium writing instruments. Whoever thought of that? So if you were in the 50s and Bill is like, yeah, I'm starting this company. We're going to sell these like $1,500 pens. Oh, hell, we got a $5,000 one. They'd be like, are you out of your mind? This Bic was like 32 cents, right? That's your competition. Positioning, right? And so Mont Blanc started this, I think in about the mid-50s. And guess what? They own that category, right? Hertz, we're number two. We try harder. They're literally talking about their place on this ladder called a category, and the position is where you exist on the ladder. At the top, you usually own the market, and if you look at Coke and Pepsi over the years, they've swapped places, but generally Coke has had the biggest market share. Now it's a lot blurrier because they own all these other brands, but it still works out the same. Yes. So what, as as a as as a UT uh, U, UT, I'm in Texas, UW professor. I mean, do you what do you teach about positioning? Well, I, I, a, a lot of different things, but I think the important thing is. Well, I'm going to give you a couple of different takeaways, but then I'll kind of get into it a little bit. But to me, one of the most important things is really having a deep dive of your target market or the customers, or, or like we talked about the marketplace, because how can you understand where your 
positioning or how you even want to go about it unless you understand the marketplace or the people that you potentially are going to go after and target. So I think that that's key. The other thing that I would tell you is, and, and I see this goofed up all the time, and I give you an example of this, um, I'd like to see consistency, not only in everything, but including the employees, you know, so all of your messaging, everything's got to be consistent when you're when you're going to start implementing it, because I think that that's important as well. I'll give you a, I'll give you one example. We uh, have a client and uh, it's in the medical facility, but uh, they have a specialty area. And I brought in one employee and I said, by the way, this was privately with the owner of the company. I said, tell me what tell me what you guys do. And they blah, 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 made no sense. Okay, fine. I said, bring in the next employee. They bring in one. What do you guys do? Or what are you good at? Same thing, you know, but totally different than the first person. Third person came in, same drill, another different story. And I'm like, okay, how are you guys going to position yourselves with, you know, not only your patients, but in the marketplace, if you constantly are all having different messages. And by the way, there was a patient there and I said, do you mind bring in one of the patients. Let's just see what they think of you. They had a whole nother another one. position. <laughs> so it was like, oh my, I was just, you know. Well, that's I why was, and that's why we say a clear position. If your position yes. is messy, and you know what, I'm going to admit mine is. Okay. I do a lot of different things in my life. Some, a lot of it's behind me. Um, it's confusing to people. I accept that. But if you don't even, if you're not even thinking in these terms, chances are you're not meeting your goals. You're not growing the way you want. Right. Um, so you're talking about being consistent, but you also mentioned something super important. Positioning is always in relation to something else. Yes. Right. So yes. you were, I think, saying before the program, you said, uh, oh, c companies that don't have competitors. We get this sometimes. And I just recently had we don't have any we, competitors. We do. Or they'll tell you that, you know, and it's it's usually on some technicality, right? It's, yeah. it's what I try to tell them is, look, look, every, the reason you have competitors is because your customer has options to solve their problem. Right. You may have a right. unique solution to that problem, but there are other solutions. Um, and so those are competitors. But if you don't do a, a particular type of research, positioning and messa messaging competitive mm -hmm. intelligence, um, yeah. it, it's gonna be impossible to position yourself because what are you positioning against? You don't know. Yeah. Right. It's, so you could be yeah. super consistent on something and have and be duplicating your biggest competitors. That's that's like if we let's go into business and call it Coca-Cola. You know, I mean, yeah. it, it's just not going to work. Um, uh, and then, of course, consistency. Um, but but knowing, you know, mapping out the marketplace um, and even if you're very, very when, when you become very fragmented, your market, when there's just too many companies to analyze, you can kind of get a sense of it. Right. Um, yeah. Like in my mind, you own the research. Idea, except for there's a lot more to you than that. Right. Yeah. But it's like that's then, how the human mind works, like one thing at a time. Yeah. I mean, that, and thank you for saying that, because I, I believe that we do. But one of the ways that I like to position ourselves with the research is we can take our position is we can take research and bring it to like a USA Today style newspaper or making it where somebody and anybody can pick up our research if they're within the company and be able to understand it because we've had so many organizations drop research data on us and say can you tell us what the heck this means right. and and we do it but it's like that tells me that the industry didn't do a good job and so the, you know the competition is <laughs> 
they're spewing out numbers and all this other kind of good stuff rather than, as you always say, Pete, which I really appreciate is, what, what are you solving? What kind of problem are you solving for your customer? And that is part of the positioning as well. It's like, what are you solving? You well, know? this is, so. so this is why there's this huge element called authenticity. You know, mm -hmm. it's not enough just to say that you're X and that makes yeah. you different. You have to actually be that and deliver on that promise. And that is the hard part. But here's the really good news, guys. Uh, well, the first good news is we do this every Thursday at 11. The first good news is plugging the program because we want you to join us here. And we do this because we want you to know more about marketing and, and not get taken to the cleaners and be successful. So that's why we do it. We put a lot of energy into it. We've got a lot of help doing it. We appreciate everybody that forwards it, likes it, shares it comments on it, argues with us. We really like those people, heckle us people. Um, but if you're not authentic, if it's not real, again, it's just not going to work. Now this, right. so positioning is not so simple after all, is it? No, you have to not. know what, where strategically you are in that quadrant yeah. chart with these other companies that, you're, that are options, yeah. viable options. Let's say you're a real small consulting company in Indiana. Are you gonna go study McKinsey? You might just to kind of get a feel for what the biggest companies in the world are saying, but yeah. you're going to be looking at Jones Consulting over in the next town. What are they saying about themselves? Now, here's the good. This is the good news part. Mm -hmm. Most small, mid-sized companies, you go look at their marketplace. No one has a strong position. No yeah. one does. So I always tell my clients, advantage you. We're going to figure out what authentically makes you different because we understand the marketplace. We're going to help yeah. you develop that in terms of creative and language and messaging and all that. Um, and so that it's clear. And now the employees are coming in and saying pretty much the same thing. Yeah. Think well, about these, the impact on your business. Yeah. Right. Well, when you say that the, they're saying the same things, I mean, that's, that's the important part of like what I would call, it's still part of the positioning process, but that's critical. It's like, okay, what are we going to do to, Put this all together and implement this strategy that we put together or whatever including our employees letting everybody else know putting it on our documents on our social media i mean getting that message manifest, out is, right? absolutely i and i think that that's part of the process you can't just say that you know we're this consulting firm and whatever you want to say about them you gotta you've got to actually implement those things that you that you put together so well and and that could be pretty difficult Honestly, yeah. um, and I think that's why we were always advocating having a plan. I mean, all a plan right. is is an organized way to make decisions. I don't know why it has such a bad reputation. Plan, why that's a four-letter word. You know, it's like, no, it's real simple. It's like, you know, this is how you, you get to implementation. So implementation yeah. gets really, you know, you can invert that and say implementation gets really hard without a plan. You know, right. that's, I think, why a lot of companies stumble. And so when you look at your position, it's so central to who you are as a company and your value proposition because you're saying, yeah. you know, you're saying this is who we are, what makes us different, what problem. The guy that I love is Jeffrey Moore. So you might have read Crossing the Chasm or Inside the Tornado, technology guy, uh, marketer, Jeffrey Moore. And I like his, there's a lot of different templates on how to position yourself out there. And so we like Jeffrey Moore's, but there's, you know, five, six, a dozen of them. You kind of have to choose what fits for you, but they all have something in common. They, they tell what your value is and they tell what makes you different in a few sentences, hopefully two. And Jeffrey squeezes in uh, the brand name, the category, the problem mm -hmm. you solve, for whom you solve it, 
what they get from it, the benefit of it, and what makes you different in two sentences. So that's powerful, right? Um, and so, you know, we'll we'll post up in the links uh, a link to the the Jeffrey Moore positioning template. Um, but yeah. I, and I want to, you know, I have a funny story, but I'll hold it for now. Um, but you know, where is, when are some times that you've run into companies that had an inauthentic position? Can you think of any off the top of your head? Lots of times. I mean, but you talked about the messaging research. I mean, there's a lot of times companies will hire us to kind of help them figure out where they are in the marketplace and how they stack up and so that they can turn it over to somebody like you to help them develop their positioning statements and what makes them unique and everything else. So, or they could do it themselves. Uh, Sometimes if you have you the data, it's it's just yeah, self-explanatory, right? Yep. It's like, I'm yep. no genius. It's just, that's what the data says. Um, yeah. You know, well, but I think you said something about clients that say, what makes us different is quality. Yeah, well, this, in, in I'm going to, I'm going to date myself. <laughs> Tell me about Like that. going back into the early 2000s and the late 1990s, you know, there was a quality movement, you know what I mean? And oh so, my goodness. And so everybody would say that. And, you know, and then I would always say, okay, but that's, you know, so like it's our quality of our services or quality of our products. And I always say, okay, that's wonderful, but what else have you got? And they'd say, well, like, what do you what mean? Our mean? quality is the best. It's like, I don't care. You know, there's got to be something else because in my opinion, quality was an entry point in order to be in that category, you know, or great service is what the customers are expecting. So what else have you got? It's know, also the exact same language every single company uses. Here's the test, okay? Here's yep, the test. Yep. Take the logo off your site, put a different company's logo on there. Does <laughs> it still make sense? You have a positioning problem. Yes, I love that. That's a great there example. There you go. Yeah. You know, That's you're great... you're yeah. you're using all the same pictures that everybody else is using. In fact, worst yeah. case scenario, you formed a committee. You told the committee to go out and get all the brochures of the competition. You put them all on the conference table, and then the, and then whoever's in charge says, "Look like that." Yeah. Have you seen that? I've actually seen yeah. that happen. Yeah. And they're like, hey, "We look, we're we're getting killed." Yeah. Yeah, can you're not. I, let different. me ask. Let me throw a let me throw a question to you if I can. So let's say that I will somebody's answer. listening to this podcast and they're, you know, they're going to start putting together their positioning statement or they're going to put this all together. My question for you is, and then let's say five years later, is it important for them to revisit it or, or do you stick oh. with that consistency with that positioning that this is who we are? So what do we do? What do we do? Boy, that's a great question. And uh, you're probably setting me up because I know you know the answer, but I don't know if there is a real answer because if you really get it right, then no, you shouldn't change it. Coke is the real thing. It always has been. In fact, even though they've changed even their trademark logo over the years, they do it so subtly you don't notice. Now, the right. reality of the market sometimes is different. You need to pivot. You need to change. You need to reevaluate where the market's going. Maybe you've changed the services. Maybe you've decided the problem you thought you were solving is not as profitable as a new problem that you found that you can solve, right? And that maybe yeah. happened over the last, or hell, maybe COVID comes. Who knows? But yeah, I, I think you have to be constantly reinforcing it, making sure you're still relevant, talking to your customers, monitoring the marketplace. It's a constant yeah. stream of data. And so I guess the answer is yes and no. How vague yeah. can I possibly be? No, no, no. I, I think I think what you're saying is 
it depends, but it's important to monitor it. I mean, you, so you whether you change it's it or not, you still should be paying attention, right? It's also messy, right? Like you can yes. have all the plans you like and you can have your very careful wording and branding and your precious little brand that you release yep. out into the world and it's all polished sure. and you spend like three years making it, right? And the first thing that happens is another bigger brand comes and poops right on it. You know, yeah. it's like there's things you can't control. And I think we were talking about cars like... Like, yeah. you know, when I say Volvo, what do you think of? What idea comes to your mind? Volvo. Yeah. Are See, you really asking me that? Bill's going to say something crazy. No, well, most I'm not. Most people I... say safety. Oh, see, I don't, I'm not crazy about the Volvo, so I guess maybe that's why. <laughs> well, Volvo spent a lot of money trying to be yeah, to own it this is. idea of safety, of safety. right? Yeah. And so, and, and they've been somewhat uh, successful, I think, doing that tough, built Ford tough you know, yeah. they're, so they're trying to be, we're the tough, you know, built, strong guys. Yeah. Um, you know, Jaguar, or however you say it, Jaguar. How do they say it in Wisconsin? I don't know that. Yeah, they, give they, me a beer on the Jaguar. No, we're so far away from, from reality, I don't know that they've ever even heard <laughs> they of it. They don't even know. It. They're like, what's that? Well, some people. Most people say Jaguar. Yeah. Jaguar. Okay, so, but. People would say the idea is luxurious, expensive, high-end, right? Mm -hmm. But then if you actually own one, you're going to think money pit, always in the shop, what a piece yeah. of crap, right? So you're dealing with humans. You're dealing with what's in their mind. It's never going to be perfect. You're going to pick up debris as your brand goes along and your position. But if you keep coming back to that North Star, that center of who... What makes you different? What is authentic? What is your value? What problem do you solve for whom? What is your position? And it could be kind of mundane. You don't have to like reinvent the, the world. Let, let me share this story. Yeah. Our positioning is that we are the, 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 it's experience you can count on, right? Well, that doesn't sound very earth shattering, does it? Unless you understand the marketing industry. Can you, you know, does the marketing industry have a reputation of people that you can count on? <laughs> when yeah. when they disappear in the middle of campaigns and and humongous projects or uh you know and honestly the the marketing industry has become very youthful always has been actually even from the mad men days right and so you know experience is actually something that our research and our clients and everybody tells us that's really what they want they're hiring us for our expertise so instead of us getting fancy like you'd think a marketing firm would be super fancy right no, no, mm -hmm. we're going to be super accurate and tell you what authentically makes us different and unique, not yeah. totally unique. I'm sure there's other experienced firms you can count on out there, but yeah. a lot more of them are the opposite of that. So if you didn't know much about the market, you'd say, oh, that's weak. If you knew the market and you heard how people complain and what their issues are and their problems are, yeah. the the uh you know, experience you can count on is something that actually means something to people. And so it's very, I, I guess my point is, you know, I get fired up because I love this stuff. My my point is it's very personal, I think, to the company, mm -hmm. right? It is. It it's, is. it's not a template cookie cutter thing that you can do. But it is very personal. And one of the warnings that I would tell somebody is, don't fall in love with it so much that you're complacent with it. So that if something does change or you come up with something better or like you were talking about the marketplace changes you come up with different services that you provide maybe you need to tweak it a little bit uh but you know 
those are those are key. So, right, and, and you know, you're positioning. Well, you think about this statement; it's two sentences long, right? You yeah. might it, it. I think it's the idea that you're going to arrive at the perfect positioning maybe the first time. It's right. not really. I mean, you're going to get close, but over time, you're gonna you're gonna tweak words. Every single word in that positioning statement, whatever format you choose. Um, mm -hmm. It should pack a punch. It should mean something and be there for a reason. There should be no fluff in there, no yeah. uh, pejoratives. You know, I'm sure this drives you nuts. What do you think when you read uh, any sort of business writing that has an exclamation point in it? <laughs> yeah. He just laughs, right? I say, you know, yeah, exactly. That's what I but think. But now too. people are doing double exclamation points. Oh. It's like, because we're <laughs> different than the last person that did that. So, that, see. That's a... That should be a double bell ring. Uh, Thank you. <laughs> you know, it's just, that's not believable, right? It's just, you leave that shit out and be authentic, right? Maybe you're a little quirky, you know, be that yeah. thing. People love authenticity. But if you claim that you're, I'm trying to think of an instance where there's a marketplace where great service is actually a differentiator. It, it, unless all the rest of the competition will be like, well, we sort of suck at service. And then you're like, we're a great service. And now that makes sense. Uh, but I can't think of any. Uh, but no, but it to has your to point, transcend though, the normal things and, and be something super relevant to the customer. You almost can't do a real positioning job without customer research. Right. And, and to that point, by the way, I would encourage people that once you develop your positioning statement or that you create it, you might want to test it with some of that target audience too, just to see if it's delivering what you were hoping that it was going to do. Cause you might tweak it just a little bit based on some of that test research, but um, so, you know, I've seen that. So that is, that is kind of the realm of the bigger companies. And I think the measurement is this, should you test it? How much should you test it? Should you not right. bother with testing? It depends yeah. on how much risk change is, is going to be and how much it's going to cost yeah. to change. I'll use the example of uh a logo redesign, right? Let's yeah. say that you're a company where changing your logo means changing a hundred million dollars worth of other assets that have your logo on them, yeah. right? Yeah. TWA or something, okay? That you might wanna test, <laughs> you know? Uh, so that's always been my measure is like, how disruptive, how much work are you gonna have to put in? And you know, think about it for a second. Let's say you, your positioning significantly changes, which many companies did because of COVID. Yeah. They, pivoted yeah. i know we did um all of a sudden how you describe yourself doesn't fit yeah. right um that's kind of a big problem i would say yeah. and so you know get, getting that right and so you think about it okay well if we change it what is it going to take well if it really has changed it may make all of your website for example obsolete and a lot right. of people's websites are pretty bloated with a lot of content and everything is based on this whatever idea they had before. And so it could be a big deal that you want to test. I mean, I think it just depends on your risk. I think yeah. if the data is clear and you're working with people with experience, uh, it's going to be hard to go wrong. We know what yeah, to look I, for. I would, I would agree with that, too. You know, Absolutely. Um, but positioning, we talk about it a lot on, the pro, on this program, I think, just because it is that important. Um, yeah. And so and we'll probably talk about it again, actually. Well, I mean, it is important. What sets you? What sets you apart? You know. What sets so, you apart? Do, do you do you ever ask people that just for the purpose of making them uncomfortable? 
Like maybe well, you get on an elevator and you face the people instead of the other way and you're like, sure. what makes you different? And you're like, yeah. look how uncomfortable they are. You know, but okay, I'll I give you a, an example of, so the answer is yes, I do. And you know, I'm now retired from uh, the University of Wisconsin, Whitewater, but yes. I did teach us class and I'd always ask the students, you know, usually the seniors that were out either getting internships or looking for jobs, I'd always say, you know, what makes you unique? So what? So you might have a public relations degree or you might have an advertising degree or a marketing degree, or maybe you have a marketing degree with a PR minor, you know, who? how are you different than the other 30 students in this class right now? What, you know, tell me that. Well, that's positioning. Well, right. Purse. So let's say you work within an organization. I mean, we're always thinking in terms of B2B, like companies to yep. companies, but you're inside yep. an organization of some kind. How are you positioned inside your organization? What are you known for? What idea do you own? So I want everybody that's watched the podcast to go away from this thinking, what idea do I own? And can you articulate yeah. it? And then watch for a link. We'll we'll put a document up with with Jeffrey Moore's my favorite uh, positioning template. I guess I would call it. It it kind of tells you what words to put in there. It's figuring out the words. I think that is the challenge. You've been listening to the B two B marketing mindset with Pete Monfrey and Bill Lowell. Add to the conversation by commenting, sharing, and liking. And don't forget to subscribe and check out the links in the comments. Learn more at b2bmarketingmindset.com.